dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. The very first apostolic exhortation of Pope Francis centered on the theme of evangelization. What does his message have to say to us involved in the secular world in professions that don't seem directly those of the evangelizer? How can we be missionary disciples today? Well, everybody, we've got our hands full here with a very important subject. It's so important that Pope John Paul II made it one of the hallmarks of his pontificate. Paul VI wrote his best letter of his papacy on the subject. Pope Benedict opened a whole dicastery in Rome dedicated to its promotion, and Pope Francis wrote his first apostolic exhortation to us about it. The theme is that of evangelization. And that theme of evangelization right away, we wonder, what does this have to do with me? I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm a worker, I'm a professional. So many of the young people that I see on a regular basis, it's like almost like they want to put faith in a box in a corner. It's almost easier to do that so that they can act like everybody else. They can act legitimate and have a job and have a secular identity. There's a kind of scorn that can even take place in the hearts of some towards the faith because they see it as somehow antithetical to the progress and the advance that they want to make and that they know they need to make in the world. How can I advance in both? Is it true that in order to advance in my career, I have to somehow or other limit my religiosity? Or could the contrary be true? And what if it was true that actually a more intense religious dedication could have as an upshot an even greater professionalism and ability to carry out one's secular duties? This is, this is what I'd like to look at today because Pope Francis doesn't hesitate to encourage the entire church to become what he calls spirit-filled evangelizers. And I want to examine what that means for those of us who are not priests, who are not sisters, who are not trying to evangelize in any kind of of overtly religious way. Do his words not have any resonance for the young professional? Does his words not have any resonance for the entrepreneur? I'm convinced that what he's saying in his emphasis and speaking to the religious needs to be applied by each one of us in our secular professions. And I I think it's so important that I want to begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful, 
and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, first, a little bit of context. What I want to focus us in on here is the fifth chapter of a very long apostolic exhortation written by Pope Francis called Evangelium Gaudium, which means the joy of evangelizing. And he outlines an entire document that's just replete with references to the need to evangelize and the places we can evangelize and the ways that we can evangelize. And by evangelization, we mean bringing the spirit of the gospel to penetrate into society, right? So that the world can be saved. So right away, the very term has a very strong religious connotation. What does it have to do with people who are not dedicated to religion? And I think answering this question is pivotal for so much in our Catholic faith. There are so many people today who do not understand how to pray or how to live out their faith precisely because they do not see the answer to this question. For some in the church, priests, bishops, religious. The re religion is the focus of our life. We are living a religious life in, in which the practice of religion is the number one overt and visible goal, such that a priest who does not pray his office sins grievously, or a sister that is not faithful to her prayer sins grievously. Our, our very life is supposed to be revolving around the acts of religion. It's called the religious life. And it's a wonderful thing. And it's, it's, it's a call by God. But the lay person is not called by God to make the acts of religion the principal aim of every action of their life. Instead, the lay person is called by God to feed upon religion and the spiritual depths of their faith in order to accomplish their secular duties. And their secular duties, that is their worldly duties, are their principal and chief aim. So that through them, of course, they can come to the eternal beatitude. So it's not their ultimate aim, but it's their chief aim. And the beauty of religious life is that the ultimate aim, no, namely God, it's also their chief aim. So we kind of have a, a type of exa example that we give in religiosity that is edifying to the people of God to remember their religious state. But the lay person is not called to that. There's a distinction between their chief occupation, which is called raising a family, <laughs> founding a happy household and their ultimate aim which is of course to glorify God and therein for some it, there lies a disappointment some lay people because of that distinction fall into one of two camps 
On the one hand, there are some who say, because of that distinction, spirituality does not belong to them. And others who say, because of that distinction, that spirituality is so great and so wonderful that they shouldn't be doing what they are doing. And of course, the truth lies in the middle. And it's this. The spirituality of the Catholic feeds and nourishes the heart that is then dedicated to the mission that Christ entrusts to that person. And what the lay mission might lack in terms of nobility, it gains in terms of service rendered to God out of love. When you look at it from that perspective, the message that Pope Francis is going to address to us about what a spirit-filled evangelizer means is applicable both to the religious, both to the nun and the monk and the priest, and it's applicable to you who are leading a business, who are trying to make a living, who are looking to advance your careers. Do not put religion in a box on the one hand and say it's not for you, but on the other hand, avoid putting what you do every day and the great demands that the world places on the shoulder of lay people under the pall of guilt. The spirit-filled evangelizer is going to be a person who in the world imbues the spirit of the gospel so much that their very work in the world bears witness to the love that God has and makes that love present. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. All right, so what does Pope Francis tell us here? We're looking at chapter 5 of Evangelii Gaudium, paragraph 259. Look at this boldness of Pope Francis. He says, Spirit-filled evangelizers means evangelizers fearlessly open to the working of the Holy Spirit. That's a first and amazing sentence in this section. Fearlessly open to the working of the Holy Spirit. He underlines the audacity that is present in true religion. It's the audacity, of course, of which the Virgin Mary is the exemplar par excellence. Talk about being fearlessly open to the working of the Holy Spirit. The Virgin Mary opened her very body to the working of the Holy Spirit in a way that had never been done on the face of this earth and has never been done since. It took us so much courage for her to accept to be the mother. So much courage that for many of us, when God comes knocking at the door, it's fear that keeps us at bay. Isn't that funny? Isn't it funny how fear of all things, of God, why in the world will we be afraid of what God wants us to do? It's almost like we prefer the shadows of mediocrity in so many areas of our lives when God wants to summon us into a, his greatness, his definition of greatness, the greatness he has laid up in store for us in his son, Christ Jesus, who is the fullness of humanity. 
the most perfect example of a human being. When God calls us into Christ, you guys, he never takes anything away from what makes life beautiful and great. Instead, he gives everything to it. God never calls us from greatness into mediocrity. It's just funny because for a lot of us, we think that way. We're like, if I open myself to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to become religious. And if I become religious, I'm going to not be normal. <laughs> right? You either think that or that I'm going to become, if I come, become religious, everything is going to have to change in my life. And I don't want change. You're afraid. The only thing that's going to change is that you're going to be freed from the bonds that bind you. Okay? The thing that's going to change is that the nothingness that you're currently living for will actually be transformed into meaning. It, well, your life will change, but it will change for the better. And the evangelizer today, the leader who is a Catholic working in the secular world, needs to be fearlessly open to that possibility. And, and I think I'd like to underscore this. You could say, why? Why is that so important for today? And it's because today, my friends, you're called into leadership. You're not called just to be like everybody else. A Christian who acts like everybody else in today's world will not be bearing witness. The world is so strong and the culture is so strong in its influence over us that at this point, if you're not leading, then you're following. And Christ wants you to follow him by leading others. And that means being fearlessly open, allowing God to do his great things, to not be attached to those different strings that are keeping you down. This is the last thing that we need is a bunch of Christians who act like they aren't Christians. <laughs> if, you know what I mean? This is the time for Christians to rise and to bring that glorious light of Jesus Christ present to the world. Well, to do that, I need to be fearlessly open. The Pope continues. He says, At Pentecost, the Spirit made the apostles go forth from themselves and turn them into heralds of God's wondrous deeds, capable of speaking to each person in his or her own language. Isn't that amazing? So at Pentecost, the deciding moment, the Spirit made the apostles go forth from themselves. Isn't that amazing? So right away, you think, okay, what is religion going to do? What's the Spirit going to do? <laughs> the Spirit is going to make you go forth from yourself. Isn't that amazing? What are you going to trade in? You're going to trade in the comfort of your loneliness. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a carrion comfort, as Ger Gerard Milley Hopkins would say. Loneliness. You, you're going to go forth from yourself. It's so funny how we prefer the prison of our own ideas and our own lethargy and our own mediocrity to the greatness of love. But God calls us and gives us the opportunity to enter into this gift of ourselves, becoming a herald of God's wondrous deeds. I mean, most of us aren't heralds of anything. We, we live by, I don't know, we go to our job and then we go to happy hour. And then for that, we try to find our husband. We try to find a wife and we, we, we don't know where to go next. So we go dancing and we pick up a hobby and we have a little dog. And I mean, like, what is it that you have that's really so great? I mean, you're working at a bank. You're working at a grocery store. I mean, congratulations. Those are fine things. But 
What if you could do those exact same things, but do them with a heart that is open to the infinite and a heart, a spirit that's communing with God? You would, you would bring a life and a savor and a freshness to everything that you're doing that you currently can't bring because all you're bringing is yourself. I mean, like, if you really think of it, what are you so afraid of? What are you going to lose by following Christ? I mean, anything that you have in this world that you think is great will be made better. Your friendships will be better. Your relationships will be better. Your occupation will be more meaningful. Your life will have a spirit in it. You will be born again in a beautiful way. It doesn't mean a change from the outside. It means that everything on the outside changes by the inside. That's the greatness of the Christian message. And so he continues, he says, the Holy Spirit also grants the courage to proclaim the newness of the gospel with boldness in every time and place, even when it meets with opposition. Let us call upon him today, firmly rooted in prayer, for without prayer, all activity risks being fruitless and our message empty. Jesus wants evangelizers who proclaim the good news not only with words, but above all by a life transfigured by God's presence. I mean, I see this, guys, as a terrific invitation. I mean, how do I go beyond living a life of words? And, and I mean this even in the secular way. Okay, I'm not just talking about proclaiming Jesus Christ and proclaiming faith. Of course, I'm talking about that. But I'm, I mean, like, if you just think about the power that your faith has, it's a power that transforms, I mean, a life that's waiting for it. It's almost like faith is igniting the stick of dynamite called authentic humanity and making it full of a radiance. He has just told you that by giving your heart to the Holy Spirit and by being fearlessly open to his working, what happens? You go forth from yourself, well, that's amazing, into communion with others, into friendships, into love, into a life of meaning. You become a herald of God's wondrous deeds. Your heart's in communion with the infinite. That's amazing. Then you have the ability to proclaim the newness of the gospel with boldness. You're free from persecution, you're free from the fears of what other people will do to you. I mean, like, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to have a life that's transfigured by God's presence? I mean, normally, human beings try to go after religion. It's like a person to hold in high esteem as a religious person, the sage, right? The wise man of various religious leaders. We all want to be divine in one way or the other. Well, Christianity says that way is marked by Jesus Christ and is open to you. And the Holy Father is saying, take it, follow it, because a full life awaits. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. So the Pope continues on, right? And, and what he's looking for here 
is the people who want to take the spirit of the gospel into society. An evangelizer is not, first of all, a priest who goes after the foreign people who don't know Jesus. That's a, a marvelous thing, and it's very important, and maybe that is even like the first image that belongs. But for the folks who are in the first world and who are living as leaders engaged in the world of business or families and moms and dads, what does it mean to evangelize? Well, the Pope is going to describe here for us he, uh, what a spirit-filled evangelizer looks like. And he says, How I long to find the right words to stir up enthusiasm for a new chapter of evangelization full of fervor, joy, generosity, courage, boundless love, and attraction. And the very first thing he turns to is the balance between work and prayer. I think this is so neat because right off the bat, the Pope starts to speak to the worker, to the leader, to the person in the grind, to you who know those heavy burdens of the labors that make this world go round, the stress and the anxiety, the enthusiasms and the challenge. And he says this, a spirit-filled evangelizer is an evangelizer who prays and works. When you limit evangelization to mystical notions, to the thought that somehow it's all about a mystical or spiritual reality, you actually decrease it. A true spirituality is one whose prayer or the prayer goes into actual work. And on the other hand, you've got people who emphasize so much the working that they'd have nothing of the Spirit, and those are equally empty. A spirituality that does not overflow into work, into the sharing of service in one way or the other, is a false spirituality. But likewise, an idea that somehow my role in this world is, not, is, is absent of prayer or removed from prayer, and that my role in this world is simply to make the world go round by my career, that is also false. And I see both extremes in the Catholic world. You've got, you've got those who on the one hand feel so guilty about doing work that they pray in a way that's not realistic. They don't take their work with them into church. They don't take the stresses and the strains of this world, and therefore their innovative capacities also into their prayer. And their spirituality becomes this kind of like, I don't know, a mystical, gelatinous goop. <laughs> Allow me just to be a little bit blunt, but that's kind of what it's like. It's like a heart that is it that doesn't beat. It's a heart that's not in a body. It's a kind of love that's only as deep as the words. And, and, and that love can sometimes lead to distortions. Like parents who are very devout towards God, but who do not know how to put that devotion into concrete actions that actually effectively rear their children. And that can be an innocent problem. That can be just a lack of knowledge. But at the same time, if it's chosen and institutionalized, it can also be a denial of reality. 
I remember one very wise man telling me, you can't eat love. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at that one excess which makes spirituality divorced from mission. And on the other hand, you've got people who kind of like in a quiet way just admit that they don't have what it takes, so to speak, to live to the sanctity that they imagine they're supposed to live to. And so they just quietly go about their day making one decision after the next and resigning prayer to something that they do on Sundays if they're in a good mood. And in both of those extremes, you have an emptiness. What if you could unite them? What if your time with God would make you more avid and more ardent in the workplace? Then your religion wouldn't be distracting you from your career. Your religion would be impelling you towards your career. I don't think that the positions of authority and power in our culture that are ruled by the places of work should be left in the hands of people who are bereft of the Christian spirit. On the contrary, the high positions of power in the workplace and in the world of business need to be led and be filled by folks who are filled with the Spirit of God. What if you could combine those two? What if you could be a manager whose management skills and, and management dedication to the project at hand actually was filled with a spirit that looked for the betterment of all the employees and saw the ultimate purpose behind the project as being what it is, an expression of the advancement of this world towards God. Well, that requires people who embody that spirit and take that spirit deeply within them. That requires a spirit-filled evangelizer, one whose work and prayer are united. Guys, this is open to all of you. There is no one here who is far away from that possibility. The Christian is one whose prayer flows out into works of service and whose service in turn doubles back into prayer. Wouldn't it be wonderful for you at the end of your career, instead of saying, I've been wasting my time selling whatchamacallits, for you to be able to offer your efforts back to God Almighty, asking Him to bless them? You can. In Christ Jesus, His Spirit sends us into this world as evangelizers. Through our work, through our lives, we bear witness to the love that God has for this world. We're missionary disciples who pray and work. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.